Welcome back to the show. All right. So today we're talking about something that I am convinced after having worked alongside hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years, that this is something that across the board, no matter how organized you are or how uh, passionate you are about the work you do, entrepreneurs, we struggle with focus at some point or another. So for some of us, that focus struggle comes from things like uh, adult ADD or adult ADHD, where our brains literally are just ping-ponging around and we have so many ideas and so much energy behind those ideas that we don't know where to laser in. And then for some of us, it comes in seasons where we feel like we have a lot on our plate and we're experiencing overwhelm and we don't know where to put our energy and we don't know where to put our focus. We might have focus, but we don't know where to put it and fuel it. And then for many of us, it can also come from just a stagnation, a lack of innovation, a lack of energy behind the work we're doing, or maybe we're experiencing a lot of setbacks or failures, or there are a lot of fires that need to be put out. So there are a lot of elements as to why we might lose focus. But if you're someone that is hungry for big goals, if you're ready for your next level, if you really want to pursue something with a positive, focused energy behind it. Today's episode, we're getting into some of the little-known secrets of top entrepreneurs and leaders that they leverage to get laser-focused. And I'm also going to be sharing some of the things that have worked really well for us as a team and individually within that team. And I'm going to be going through a methodology that we've created within our team called the Hero Focus Method, which is really helpful for us to remind us when we're having those weeks where we feel wishy-washy or we're stressed out or we're overwhelmed or we're frustrated because a lack of productivity seems to be festering within the company, we can lean into this methodology and it kind of brings us back to operating at full force. Now, Per usual, it's always a fun coincidence or a little ironic when you're teaching on something that you're personally struggling with. This is something I have battled for my entire life. I have tried so many different approaches to getting focused. And there was a long period of time where I was convinced I actually had an inability to focus, meaning I kind of labeled myself as someone with ADD, I couldn't get my brain to focus no matter what I tried, even if I was really passionate or I'd chalk it up to being disorganized. And I've realized with the right strategies, with the uh, right mindset behind stuff, the right tools to pull from your belt quickly, and really the right leadership behind it, you can move those excuses out of the way and you can get focused. All right, we're going to jump into the show. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You want to wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy, success in business, and true 
legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. I've traded my weekdays for my weekend this week because we spent a couple days at what I like to call Peepee Palace, also known as uh, indoor water park. So that's kind of one of the perks of homeschooling and running our own businesses. We'll randomly just kind of take an adventure with the kids and they'd been asking to go back to the water park, which as a kid, I can't even begin to tell you how much I loved water parks. I loved water parks. As an adult, it is literally my worst nightmare. Actually, I should rephrase. As an adult, going to the water park with kids, aside from seeing their joy, which makes it worth the suffering, it is my worst freaking nightmare. Because let me just tell you all the things it is combined. Okay, so like I'm a germaphobe basically, and I'm walking in just like other people's urine, barefoot, and I learned this the hard way. We went to an indoor water park a few years ago and all of us came home thinking we had gotten sick. We had like gotten some virus that was kind of attacking our throat and lungs. We're all coughing. And it was like, it almost felt like I had swallowed something that was too hot and it burned my throat all the way down into my chest. And I'm like, what is that? And the kids were saying the same thing and they were coughing and they're saying, I don't know. It hurts to swallow. It hurts to like talk. And it's like, what is... Want to know what happens at the water park? Well, they douse the water with so many chemicals to kill off said urine that I brought up previously at the Pee Pee Palace that the combination of the water with the chlorine and all the other chemicals to kill off the germs and the urine kind of just like it's so warm in there, it goes up into the air into like a vapor and it creates a chemical reaction, the urine and the chemicals, and it burns your lungs if you spend the day in there. They never have the right ventilation. So we literally burned our lungs with pee and we opted to go do this to pay to go do this again for three days. So I'm here down at the barn studio on a weekend, which is very unusual because I traded in kind of my Wednesday through Friday to be at the water park with the kids. Now, if it were just Michael and I going, I wouldn't also have the, does anyone else relate to this? Okay. The unbelievable stress that comes with being at a water park with little kids. We have four kids. So I have the infant strapped to my body, which means, okay, if one of my kids is drowning, what am I going to do? Like do the backstroke to them so that the baby doesn't submerge into the water And then we have three other kids who want to do three separate things in three different directions. And in my brain, because this is like my high alert, um, you know, just always on guard around my with my kids around everybody in that entire water park by my standards or by how I view them through my lens is a murderer or a pedophile until I prove otherwise. So like no one can go near my kids and I'm <laughs> I'm like vigilant watching all of them. And then there's like a drowning hazard every which turn. So I'm just a ball of stress. If you go as an adult, like if Michael and I went, had a drink, got to go down some water slides, that would be fun. That would be reliving the glory days. Right now, this is living my purgatory. So spend a few days there feeling kind of hoarse from the 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 pee that I ingested through the air. And now I'm down here at the barn studio 
And admittedly, because I'm not in my routine, I have been struggling to focus. So it was perfect timing to talk to all of you about this concept of getting really focused. What does it look like to get focused? What are kind of the secrets that we've pulled from coaching really high achievers over the years and getting mentored by some of the greats and learning from them? What do they do when they run into this predicament of, man, I am a ping pong ball. I feel like I sit down, I have my to-do list, but I'm just like, ping-ponging around from one thing to the next and I'm really stressed and it's just I can't get that clarity and I can't get in a groove and when you don't have that focus being in a state of flow where you just accomplish and get things done and get in a groove it's just not available to you so let's talk through what is available to you as an entrepreneur seeking to get laser focused and let's help you do that Why is this so critical? You are hemorrhaging time, hemorrhaging time when you are bouncing around from one thing to the next. You are losing so much possibility and productivity when you are working solely from a to-do list, a list of stuff that has to get done because it's there's not a clear through line for it. There's not this natural progression of how you work through it. It's do this one task and then shift gears in my brain and move into another task. For example, my team and I will talk about this a lot. There are times when we're working on stuff that's really creative. And then there are times we're working on stuff that's more, you know, analytical or a little more dry or behind the scenes kind of business stuff. And oftentimes in our to-do list, those things are just kind of all clumped together because they're just, it's all a bunch of tasks that have to get done. But when you're forcing your brain to go from creative mode to analytical mode to creative mode and then into kind of boring answering emails mode and like jumping back and forth, you're not allowing your brain to get in a groove and really perform at its best. So my first tip, and this is something that high achievers definitely do, is they ditch the to-do list. They don't work in that way of thinking. It's kind of an amateur way of thinking and a way of operating when it comes to being productive and being laser-focused in business. Now, I'm going to have another episode that's specifically focused on productivity, but this is more so about how do you get your brain to kind of show up for the party and be energized behind the work you're doing. And this is such a critical step, especially for entrepreneurs, especially, especially for entrepreneurs that have other stuff going on in their lives, which most of you do. If you watch this, if you listen to this, it's because you are called to your mission in business, but you're probably called to some other stuff too, whether it's your family or how you show up in the world or passions or hobbies or whatever it might be. So that lack of focus, it's really hindering your success. And some of the common distractions, let's talk through those first. Because they're oftentimes things we take for granted. They're oftentimes things that we allow. And those things, we're actively putting them in our space when we're trying to get focused and we're wondering why we can't. The most obvious one are our devices. So let's break it down for a second. Back in the day when people actually worked in office, which I did when I worked in corporate, the distractions were more so a coworker coming and like tapping you on the shoulder or popping into your cubicle and starting conversation or just sheer boredom was a distraction. So you'd get up and go walk around or get a cup of coffee or, uh, you know, go to the bathroom for the 15th time that hour just to, just to do something other than sit at your desk and work. But now those distractions are amplified by thousands because we have many of us which I used to, I no longer do at all, 
have not only have our cell phone right there, but we have a cell phone with notifications on it, which means that tapping on your shoulder of the coworker is happening all day long, every minute of the day. If you are still operating with a cell phone and your computer that has notifications turned on, you are playing in the amateur's sandbox. I assure you that the top performers, those leaders that you admire, the people that are just crushing it, they do not have notifications turned on. They're not allowing someone else to dictate what they think, when they think it, and coming into their space constantly. You think top performers are gonna hop on the phone with any and everyone every time they have a question? Well, that's what you're doing when you have your Instagram alerting you of the stranger on the internet that has an opinion on a post you just put up. You're giving everyone, even the people who really aren't, haven't earned uh, or aren't deserving of it, access to your time and your schedule and your brain. So you want to play in that sandbox, you're going to get childlike results in your business. So turning off those notifications is critical, but that's usually not enough. For me, I've learned to leverage the duality of discipline and really sticking to what I commit to. And realizing that I'm very human and I fall prey to things that are designed to make me fall prey to them, like tools like a cell phone or apps that are designed to be addictive, and I have to go a step further. So not only do I shut my notifications off, it's not even enough for me to just freaking turn my phone on airplane mode. I put my phone in a different room when I'm working on things that are gonna, that require my focus. Because in my mind, I know that phone exists. And even if it's like in my periphery over to the side of my desk in airplane mode, it is a remi- it's a visual reminder saying, hey, take me off airplane mode, check your email real quick. Hey, take me off airplane mode, give your friend a call, check in, how, how did their date go this past weekend? Like you, you gotta el- eliminate the possibility for that. So yeah, there's a level of discipline and will, but I don't love all the stuff that I see on the internet that's like, you just have to be strong-willed and you have to have just a mighty amount of discipline and focus. And it's like, okay, yeah. Or you can be disciplined and also set yourself up for success, right? Like I'm not going to, I, I've used this example before, but is it fair to an alcoholic if their recovery They're, you know, the person that's walking them through their alcohol addiction recovery says, okay, don't drink alcohol anymore. Like, I know you want it literally more than life itself. I know that you are craving it. I know that it makes you feel good. I know that it uh, is something that you think about all the time. Don't drink it. But here's a flask for your left pocket. And here's a flask for your right pocket. And I got a cool... 12 pack on ice right there next to your desk, but just don't you look at it, don't you drink it. How about instead we remove the temptation? So as I get into more of what some of these leaders and entrepreneurs are doing to eliminate the the thing that is tempting them the most and helping them get more focused, this is one of those key things. The same goes for your computer though. Those little notifications that pop up in your right corner. When, I, when I'm when i coaching someone and I hear that ding and it's like we all know the sound, most of us have a Mac, it's a text message coming through and it's like coming through their computer or it's a an email popping up. I immediately, no matter what we're focused on in that coaching call, I walk them through, Go. this is how you go shut off your notifications, go shut them off. 
And they're like, oh, just for this call? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Am I being rude? I'm like, no, it's not about rude. You're destroying yourself. You just got on this call. You paid me to get on this call to tell me about the goals you want to achieve as like the sale at Target is popping up and your, you know, your peers success story that you haven't yet achieved is popping up. Like there are no blinders in that situation. You're focused on everything but what you need to focus on. Shut off the freaking notifications. So that's the the big first thing. Other distractions are, <laughs> and this is like, uh, I'm looking at my computer right now as I'm talking to you, seeing that I have more tabs open than I should. So when we seek to focus, multitasking is a myth, right? So we can't successfully focus on a bunch of things at once. Now, when I'm looking at one tab that's open, just the fact that there are other tabs with a little, just enough of a title in them in my, you know, Google tabs to be able to see what they're about is tricking my brain, is messing with my brain. It's getting my brain to shift focus to something else. It's like the whole squirrel concept of like just something out of the corner of my eye, catching my eye and making my brain think about it for a millisecond, but it's taking me off the path of focusing on the thing that I've promised to dedicate my time to. So that's another key piece is what are you committed to dedicating your time to? And all of that has to do with how you set up your schedule and how you operate in your days. Now, I'm a mom of four kids. I'm you know, breastfeeding. So there's like a high probability that my husband's going to be texting me saying the baby woke up and we need you up at the house. Distract there. There are warranted distractions, right? There are things that in life that are worth being distracted by. If something happens to one of my kids or my kids need me, truly need me, I want to be there. I want to be that kind of mom before I'm this kind of business owner. And that's okay. You just have to decide uh, what distractions are worthy. And to me, things like that are worthy. But then there are the things that are we're allowing into our space and then wondering why we're not operating at 100% or we're not having good output or being productive, which we're going to talk about in a future episode. And we're literally doing it to ourselves. We're creating, we are the problem. So figure out how to eliminate some of those pieces of the problem. So I'm going to walk you through something that I've used for a long time and I've used with my team and my clients, and it's hero-focused. It's very simple, but each letter represents something that we do to kind of bring us back to focus when we get out of it. So for example, when I was gone at the water park for those couple days with the family and then came back and was really out of whack, like we were doing weekend-like things, but then I was having to shift my mind into work, and that's just not usually how I work. I just kind of went through this, I look at it as almost like a checklist. So H is harnessing your vision. You really want to make sure like when I think of a harness, when I think of it's it's in check, it's tight, you've got a handle on it. And I'm just coming back to that vision first. So before I get focused on the granular, I have to go big picture. I have to know why I'm doing it. Why am I showing up on a Saturday when I don't want to be working? Like, what is this vision? Where are we carrying this thing? Because that creates an energy within within me that I bring to the table and then I get to work and I do great work versus showing up, sitting down at my desk, looking at, you know, a to-do list that's a mile long and being totally uninspired and being like, all right, here we go. We just got to power through this stuff. So this is going to help you stay focused on the big picture, why you're here and get you motivated and energized to do it the right way. So come to that vision. You want to harness it. The next, the E is elevate. You're elevating everything about yourself. You're elevating your energy. You're elevating your mindset. Uh, You're elevating the way that you 
choose to show up in this moment as a leader. So elevating your mindset. I didn't want to work. As I'm walking down to the barn, I'm thinking, like, oh, gosh, should I? Like, I'm so tired. I should just go take a nap with the baby. And then I'm like, nope, that's not the mindset that's going to help me show up in the best possible way and deliver what I need to deliver in this short window of time that I'm showing up for my work. So I had to shift that mindset. I had to elevate my energy. I was tired. Like I said, I could have gone and just curled up with the baby and taken a nap. So I took my shoes off on the walk down to the barn so that my feet were bare feet were on the earth and I was grounding and I was getting that natural energy booster. I was passing by the kids trampoline on the way down here, put my knapsack down, my backpack that had my computer in it. And I hopped on the trampoline for just about a minute just to get my lymphatic system moving. Um, And then I came in here and I put on some music that just energize me, which obviously return to the Mac and teach me how to Dougie on loop for about 10 minutes. And I got that energy back. So I elevated, I had to elevate myself to show up for this. Then I wanted to sit down and I reviewed my goals. If you could see just out of the frame, if you're watching this right now, reviewing my goals, that's something that happens every day because that helps me get focused. That helps me not look at the one million things that I have to do over the next year to two years. And it helps me instead break it down according to what needs my personal focus, which my team helps me to do. So on the whiteboard right there, I was spent a few minutes reviewing my goals. Now, I want you to keep in mind everything I'm talking about, it is extra time. So a lot of people, I can already feel the resistance because I've experienced it from some of my clients were like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I got to sit down. I got to use that small window of time. Like, yeah, you can, but you are going to be in this loop forever. You're going to be on this hamster wheel forever instead of buying about 10 to 15 minutes of time to get yourself right so that you can be focused when you go into the work you're doing. It saves you time and you're ultimately optimized and doing more, which takes us into O, which is optimizing your time. So you want to optimize your time by focusing on the high leverage tasks, like the high leverage pieces of the projects that you should be focusing on that are going to have the greatest impact on your business. We are all busy, but we've embraced busyness like it's supporting and working within our business when in reality we could do the work all day every day. What is driving the mission forward? What is actually mission critical? What is helping you to produce and create and see an ROI on your efforts? So this is identifying the tasks that are going to generate the most revenue or attract the most clients or have the biggest impact on the work that you're doing or on your team or in your leadership or whatever it might be. But you want to optimize your time, focus on those high leverage tasks. So your time isn't split across this entire to-do list where one task might be mission critical and the next one's just like the next 10 are so average and not critical. So you have to be able to know how you're spending that time. So the next piece going into focus is finding that focus. So now that you've optimized your time, you've identified those big key players that you have to focus on, you want to identify the one key task or project that's going to have the biggest impact on your business altogether. So over here on this whiteboard, I have six main areas of focus in my business right now, but one pushes all the other five forward. One pushes them forward. So it is starred, it is in a different color, it is my main focus, and it gets my energy and attention first. Every time I sit down, my focus goes to that one thing. 
Then I go into organizing because the reality is, is I do have a to-do list. I do have other things I have to give some of my efforts and energy to, but they don't get my efforts and energy in the the period of the day where the, I'm the most focused or energized. They get it kind of in the, the secondary parts of the day or uh, tertiary parts of the day where I'm like, man, kind of dragging, not super energized. And I use a task management system to keep track of all those tasks. They're not in my head. They're not in sticky notes all over my office like it used to be. We use Asana. I will also say as a visionary type, I hated all task management systems. Um, Someone that used to work with us had us on ClickUp and it was like pulling teeth. I never, and this is nothing against ClickUp. It might be right for your brain, but it just never clicked for me. And then when we brought Mariana in, who is just totally understands me, she's like, no, we gotta, we gotta create this to work for you. And she did. And it was like, it totally made sense. So now I don't have the stress of trying to remember what I have to focus on. It's all outlined right there. And I can see how it's intended to progress. When you're allowing all the stuff to take, you know, rent-free, live rent-free in your brain, it's no wonder you can't focus, right? Because you're trying to think about and you're anticipating all the fires you're going to have to put out and all the stressors that you have. When it's in an organized system, you might still have to do those things, but you're going to do it in a manner that is appropriate for progression within the business and based on the time that you have. We already talked about C, which is control distractions. So minimize those distractions. Have, when you can, a dedicated workspace. Um, set some boundaries with your team. And it's not even like, I, I don't even really like when people say set boundaries. My team just knows when I'm when my sweet spots are. They're like, oh, during this, you know, basically for me, it's like nine to noon. We're not holding any meetings. We're not connecting with Liz because that's her sweet spot for writing and creating. And then our, and our team connection times are outside of that. Also the phone stuff we talked about, I use noise canceling headphones because it's like decibel level 1 million in our house all the time. And I keep as many tabs closed as possible. And oftentimes if I'm not working with something where I need internet access, I shut off internet access to eliminate that temptation because I'll like be like, oh, well, I could just go look this up real quick. Nope. Just get rid of it. The U is use the 80-20 rule. So you, you've you heard of this. This is not revolutionary. I did not make this up. So you, you want to identify the 20% of your tasks or your stuff that you have to focus on that's going to ge- generate 80% of your results. And that's really like, it's hard to fathom because we're, we're like, what are we doing? Like, what's the other 80% of stuff that we're doing? We're doing so much stuff. Oftentimes there's about 80% of the stuff we're doing and you could probably take about half of that and even eliminate it or at the very least delegate it. But we just get so used to doing it over and over that we become married to this crazy long to-do list. We wear that busyness as a badge of honor and we really lose our focus. So this allows us to prioritize those high leverage tasks like we talk about and delegate or eliminate the low value tasks. Focus on that 20% first in the zone of the day where you're the most energized and naturally focused because there is a period of the day where you have naturally have more energy than other times like some people it's my husband it's super early in the morning it's like 5 a.m to 9 a.m is his sweet spot his brain is just on he wants to talk about all the things with me and I'm like sorry I'm not awake yet and my brain's not awake yet I'm certainly up but I'm not like functioning yet and For me, it's that nine to noon sweet spot. Sometimes I'll get this secondary surge at like a nine to 11 at night too. So sometimes you have these secondary 
bouts of the day where you can focus. But for me, you know, it's finding that sweet spot for you. You want to do the same thing. And then you want to set standards and boundaries around how you operate throughout your day. So for a lot of us, we're so used to bouncing from thing to thing. Or like I said, we're working off of a to-do list instead of having those block times, having those times where we're laser focused on really specific things. So I came down here to the barn studio to record. That's the only thing on my plate in this three-hour block. I am not looking at my to-do list. I didn't even bring that down with me. I don't have my phone with me because I'm not doing anything for my phone right now. I am just laser focused on the one thing that is meant to exist in this block of time and drive things forward. Sometimes blocks aren't that long. Sometimes it's a 30-minute block, and that 30-minute block is allocated to that 80% stuff that's like, ugh, the crap I have to get done, but I set a timer and I give myself a small window of time to do it because oftentimes when we have a small window, we use that small window and we get it done faster. So that's that focus technique that I use, but I wanted to go through some of the the tips, which we've already talked about some of them, that top entrepreneurs and leaders, many that I have coached or been coached by, put into practice that make all the difference in focus. Like I said, we're going to take this episode, we're going to talk about focus, and then we're going to translate that into uh, the idea of productivity. Those are two different things. So you can get focused on the thing, but then what are you producing on the other end of it? Now, if you're feeling like you're struggling with your focus, if you feel like if I could just get that clarity, if I just knew that vision you tell me to come to when I start my day, if I just had what I needed in my brain and I could get my brain to laser focus and I can get in a state of flow, then I could be productive. Well, there's more to it than that. And there's that process that I just kind of scratched the surface on. That's just a kind of a quick checklist to walk through. I actually have an entire process. This is something that I do with my clients that has revolutionized their businesses. So when they are like beating their head against the wall and they're like, I cannot get this to click for me or I cannot get laser focused in or I don't even, the the bigger question oftentimes is I have so many things on my plate. Where do I put my focus and how do I move the needle? So I have this workbook. It's called it's a playbook. It's called the Focused Entrepreneur. I usually only utilize it with my my clients, but I'm making it available to people because I've realized this is such a roadblock for people. You would be getting so much more done. You would feel so much more alive in your day. You would buy back so much more time into your week if you followed this process. So if you want to get your hands on it, it's totally free. You can go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash focused. That's like past tense, okay? Luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash focused. Download it and actually use it. So that's like a crazy concept that I've come to find that unfortunately these like freebies and opt-ins and all the things we can get our hands on, they don't work through osmosis. So when you get this tool, try it. If you're feeling stuck, get unstuck. You have to pull from your belt the things that are going to serve you. This is one of those things. So now let's jump into the little known kind of top secret strategies of a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders when it comes to staying focused. We touched on this a little bit in the hero focus process, but the first is realizing that your mindset is a practice, okay? So what do you do to ready your mind to show up for the work you're about to do? It's going to be different for different people. And 
you will hear so many different ways of doing this. And if you just consume what someone else said worked for them and you put it into practice because it worked for, you know, famous, rich, impressive Joe Schmo. And Joe said that he meditates for 43 minutes every morning before his work. So you sit there for 43 minutes and those whole 43 minutes, you come out of it frustrated and annoyed and no better off. Stop freaking doing what Joe Schmo is doing. You have to have the leadership and the confidence to say, I'm going to create a practice that actually produces for me, that actually moves the needle for me. So this is your personal permission to not to not to meditate if you don't, if you're not the meditating type or to learn how to meditate. If you don't understand the practice and you put it into practice correctly and all of a sudden it starts to work for you because you've actually identified how to do it properly, that's different. For me, it's a couple different things that get my mind right. It's partially my body, right? Like if if I'm low energy, if my lymphatic system is not even turned on yet, if my brain feels really foggy, like if you're experiencing brain fog, similar to how I said when I was coming down to the barn studio, I was exhausted, I wanted to take a nap, but I took my shoes off and I grounded the whole way down here. I let my bare feet on the ground. That actually, there is, that is a measurable energy between you and the earth. I'm not a tree hugger. I'm telling you, this is straight science. Through your body, you're getting that energy from the earth and it is something that can naturally boost your energy. Then I hit the trampoline on the way down and I jumped just for about a minute, just those gentle, I wasn't like going crazy doing backflips. I was doing light jumps just to get my lymphatic lymphatic system draining and moving. We don't have, like your heart pumps right? Without you having to think about it or do anything, hopefully. Your lymphatic system doesn't work that way. It is completely reliant on movement, on you moving your body. And we are a stagnant culture. We sit here at a desk and we wonder why we're tired. Well, you know, hundreds of years ago, people weren't sitting at a desk all day. They were constantly moving. Every step that you take on the ground is that that kind of pound wakes up your lymphatic system. We're not doing those kind of things. So doing that. And then I took some deep breaths, fresh air. So I was doing the physical things, but then I get my mind right. Once my body's right, I get my mind right. I, for me, it's visualization and it's prayer. And those two things, visualization still to this day is very difficult for me because I have a very scattered brain. Like I will naturally jump around to a million things. I have to keep bringing it in, picturing that vision, getting excited about it. Sometimes I have to write to be able to stay focused on it. If I try to just do it in my mind alone or just meditate on it, it doesn't always work. And then I pray. So you have to find your thing, but get your mind right before you try to jump into work. If you show up, sit down, open your you know, to-do list, and then wonder why you're uninspired as you have a list of tasks in front of you that you that are like you're not even able to focus on, you've just created the vicious cycle yourself. You got to do something to break that cycle. And one of those things is how you get your mind right. And that is a common thread among all of the top leaders that I've ever met is they take that extra time to make sure they're, they're they're bringing the right energy to the table when they're showing up for the work they're doing and it helps you to naturally focus. You've probably also heard of the Pomodoro technique. So this technique, it's just about taking breaks. We think we're champions because we sit there and we slog through like five hours of work without blinking. You're not a champion. You probably didn't produce as much as you could have had you broken that down into intervals and giving your brain a second to recharge, giving your mind a minute to rest and 
allowing it to refocus again. And you do it with intention. So I actually will, when I'm doing super focused work where I can kind of get lost in it, I have to set a timer because I lose sense of time. And I, I aim for about 20 to 25 minutes. That's the standard of the Pomodoro technique. But you don't want to make it every, like the problem is we think we're working a lot too. And we're taking breaks, but we're not taking good breaks. So the breaks we're taking are because our email just pinged at us or because our Instagram just told us we had a notification or we just got a text message, right? Or we just went to put out a fire in the business or Slack is on and we're seeing what our team wants from us. That is not an intentional break. That is an unnatural break that's being thrust upon us. I'm talking about a conscious choice to allow your mind to rest. Even if it's a minute of rest, deep breaths, moving your body again, like that would be ideal is moving your body at that 25 minute mark every 25 minutes to keep your lymphatic system draining and moving. Okay, another big one that people don't think about is decision fatigue. Every day when you run a business, you are presented with so many decisions and choices. And even if it's not something you're going to handle, you have to decide who's going to handle it. How is it going to be handled? Am I delegating it? Am I not? Am I reviewing it? Am I not? Am I saying yes to this opportunity? Like It's just constant decisions. Truly high achievers, successful entrepreneurs, the best of the best leaders, they often make way fewer decisions. They do. They make fewer decisions for a few reasons, right? One, they have either brought someone in to be that barrier between them and the decisions who they've empowered and trained up in the company's values so that that person can assist in those decisions without them ever having to come up the chain to that person, to the leader. Or they, their values and their priorities are so just tight as a tiger that they know right away whether something's going to be the right thing or not. Here's what I what I mean by that. When your priorities are on lockdown, when you know exactly what you're focused on, when you know exactly what is in alignment with your values and those priorities that you have and your goals and your mission, it's a quicker decision when you know those things because you know your true north, you know where you're going. And then an opportunity comes in and it's like, Yes or no, boom, right there in this. There's no decision to be made. It's just like a yes, it's a no, because you can juxtapose that opportunity, that thing, the, the whatever it is you're looking at up against those priorities and that true north. And you're like, it fits or it doesn't. It's it's fuel and in our tank and it's wind at our back or it's like spit in our face and we're not looking to do that right now, even if it's something shiny and amazing. But when you can minimize the amount of decisions you need to make in a day, that's a very powerful thing. And that comes from empowering others too. If you have a team that everything has to come up the chain of command to you and through you, you're going to be making so many more decisions. Also, if you have a to-do list a mile long and, you know, three-fourths of that mile is junk that doesn't need to exist in your world and you've got to be operating and thinking through it, and little things count as decisions, right? Am I going to open that message in my inbox? Am I going to read it? Am I going to respond to it? What am I going to say? Like all those are decisions. So when you, the more you can eliminate, the more focused you can become. The next thing that is super, super important is setting specific goals. And this might sound so obvious, but I guess I just ask you, what are your goals right now? Like what are your 
super laser focused goals right now because the top dogs, they get super specific, right? Those, those goals are incredibly measurable. And that helps them stay focused and it helps them stay motivated because a lot of us are achievers. We're threes on the Enneagram. We're, we're energized by the work we're doing. We like the challenge. So when we have a goal we're pushing for, it keeps us inspired. It keeps us in momentum. It helps us keep pushing. And it helps, um, it helps us avoid that feeling of overwhelm and that long to-do list. And instead we laser focus in on, is this going to help me get to my goal or is it not? And then focusing on one thing at a time. This is a really big thing. So I, I've i been blessed to have some incredible mentors, many of whom you, you're some of whom you might know. The big thing that I always found really impressive was their, their ability to block out anything that wasn't the one thing that they were focused on at, at that time. So for example, if they were writing a book and they had all these other opportunities or all these other projects that were going to come down the pike, If they were just doing the book, they were just focused on the book. They were able to delay gratification on other projects that might come more easily or might get them a win sooner to stay focused on that one thing. And they don't multitask. So I know the frustration that comes with feeling like you cannot get focused for your life. You are not broken. Your brain is not broken. Okay? There are so many things you can do to increase your focus. And what I would say before you roll your eyes and assume you've tried everything, have you implemented these things? Have you done all of these things with regularity and with practice? Because it does take time. It's not always an overnight success of doing this kind of thing. It takes time. It takes practice. It's uncomfortable at first, but you can do this. You can get focused. And if you need support and you want something to break you through right now, right, you want to get laser focused, you want to wake up tomorrow with that clarity, you want to know exactly where you're going, where to put your time, energy, you want to know what those priorities are, you want to know what those values are, you want to know what those goals are, go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash focused, F-O-C-U-S-E-D, and download the Focused Entrepreneur playbook. This thing is a powerhouse tool. I use it with my clients all the time and I'm gifting it to my homies, my insiders. Go download that. Go use it. Let me know how it goes. And thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I have some great stuff upcoming. We're going to be talking about productivity. So the actual output. Now we're focused. What can we get out of our focus? We'll get an ROI on our investment of focus. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.